you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. been teaching on a series. Actually, it's a, a, a major vision statement for the year to go make disciples. We're finding our place and our purpose as a people of God. Because so often the church, we hit this limit in our growth. And, and you, you can't put words to it. But how you experience it is that you feel that I'm a bit bored in church. Maybe it's this church that's not doing it for me. So you try and skip to another church. You go there for a time. Then you get a little bit bored there. So you go to the next church, always trying to find the right fishing spot. But you have to start fishing before you can find fish. And this is the thing, that as we begin to do the things that God has called us to do, you will find that no matter where you're fishing, whichever church God has planted you, I hope it's here, you will find that your Christian walk, your spiritual journey, will be the most exciting one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 tells us, the fivefold ministers, I and Pastor Dave among them, prepare the saints, that's you, for ministry so you can mature. But what often happens is we maybe we taught it wrong, but we think that until we reach maturity, we cannot minister yet. Can I just tell you that the moment that you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you are ready to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, I'd like you to read with me, follow with me. Uh, we've been doing this every time I preach the last couple of weeks, but I just can't seem to get out of Jonah chapter 1. There's so much in there. So follow with me as you read the Bible. For some of you, it's the first time, and get ready for this. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. We're just told to preach for it. In this case, preach against it. That's a tough, that's a tough preach. Because its wickedness has come up before me. Thank you for the romantic lighting. But Jonah, <laughs> but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Anyone running from God this morning? Verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind to the sea. Everyone say, the Lord sent. Just so you know, it's not an accident that the Lord does send storms in your life. If you're wondering where that comes from, this is one of many passages, but God will allow it for your good on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. This is a bad one. All the sailors were afraid, which tells you it's a bad storm. When sailors are scared for their lives and all of them are scared, it's bad. And each cried out to his own lowercase g for God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck. See that word but? But it's sort of like whenever you use the word but, yeah, it is. It's it's bad. You can say, you are such a good-looking guy, Daniel. But, 
You just negated everything you just said. You're basically saying he's not a good-looking guy. When, I'm sorry. Because you're such a good-looking guy, Daniel, who's strong in, his, in himself and self-esteem, I can say it. But, so everybody else is crying out. Everybody else is working hard. But Jonah. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Everyone is busy. He's going and having a deep sleep. The captain went to him. Not any other sailor. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God, lowercase g. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. So obviously, they've come to a point of frustration and their lowercase g God has not answered their prayer. So they are desperate now asking everybody, call on your God. Whatever your God is, just call on your God. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country from? What people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship Yahweh, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. You see, they worship Dagon, who only, worshiped the, who only was Lord of the sea. But we worship a God that is superior to any other God. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? In brackets, it says, they knew he was running away from the Lord because he already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. Okay, imagine a storm so bad that the, sea, that, the, that the ship is threatened to break up. It's that bad that all the sailors are scared. And now it says it goes to the next degree. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they're thinking, what else can we do? So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up. And throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not. So we've just gone up a second level. Now it says, for the sea grew even wilder than before. I mean, how bad is a storm when it threatens to break the ship? It goes even higher to the next level and now to the third level. Then... After they tried everything they could do, then they cried to Yahweh. I have to uh, delineate Yahweh. When you see the word God, it could be any God. No, Yahweh. yod heh vav in the Hebrew. O Lord, O Yahweh, please do not let us die. They're using the name of Jonah's God. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Yahweh, have done as you have pleased. Then they took Jonah, threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, a raging sea grew calm. The men greatly feared Yahweh. And they offered a sacrifice to Yahweh and made vows to Yahweh. Do you get that? These are pagan guys serving pagan gods. They cried out to their God who did nothing for them. They're desperate, waking everybody up. They find that this Jonah, the only one still asleep, he cries out to Yahweh and and tells him what to do, and immediately it stops. Their lives change. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. What an incredible story. If you uh, have missed out on the previous weeks, make sure to download the podcast. Here are the key things I want to draw for you. God's mercy is greater than your sin. Ninevites uh, 
they earned the right to be destroyed. <laughs> you know, you got to work really hard. My wife pointed this out to me many years ago. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. There's a different difference between wages and a gift. A gift you can't earn is just given to you, whereas wages, you had to work really hard. <laughs> you work really hard to die. <laughs> You know, it baffles the mind. But God's mercy is greater than any sin you can commit. Second one, God will not always call you to do what you like to do. Oh, but God knows what's in my heart. No, he'll get you to do stuff that's uncomfortable. Here's some other pullouts. We don't get what we deserve. We deserve punishment, but he doesn't give it to us. And Jonah was so blind because of his hatred to the mercies of God. When you are blind to God's mercy in your life, you will be merciless in your judgment of others' life. If you find that you are judging other people, you're constantly getting upset at other people, perhaps it's because you haven't dealt with the issues in your own heart. And the final one we talked about a, couple, a few weeks ago, when you run away from God, you run into the trouble. You run into trouble. It's interesting thought. They say, out of the frying pan and into the fire. It's interesting that in the frying pan, I use my frying pan. I had this new barbecue. Thanks for those that gave to my 50th birthday party. I bought this six burner barbecue. It's actually seven because I've got this gas thing on the side. We put it together and I was hoping it wouldn't explode. So I thought I'm going to give it a go. So I cooked pancakes on a barbecue and they were perfect. It was so good. The fluffiest pancakes I probably have made in a long time. They were absolutely perfect. So I've got to mix up the dough. I've got this perfect recipe. Come and see me, and I'll tell you what it is. I make this perfect batter recipe. It's great. And then I pour it into the pan, and the most beautiful fluffy pancakes come out. But if I spilt the batter into the fire, it would just be this burnt, nasty-smelling mess. But if it's in the frying pan, even though it's hot, it begins to change its form. It's no longer this gooey uh, liquid. It becomes this delicious, fluffy, solid mass that you can eat. Everyone thinking, I want some pancakes right now. Praise the Lord. Oftentimes, we want to jump out of the frying pan and end up in the fire, and we destroy ourselves because we, tr- we feel that this uncomfortability, I can't take it anymore. You don't understand. There are times when God will put you in the frying pan. The Lord sent the wind. The Lord sent the storm. The first thing we do, we begin to think, oh, I must be outside the Lord's will. Oh, God, take the storm away. You asked me to take you to the next level. Sometimes you don't even ask for it. In fact, a lot of times God does that to me. I didn't even ask for this one, Lord. I want to bless you, son. I want to take you to the next level. I don't, don't love me so much, Lord. He'll, if he loves you, he'll take you to the next level. I remember this one statement a friend once said. It's just, it was really powerful. The reward for fruitfulness is pruning. When you're doing really well in God, he's going to chop off the branches. Just when you're doing really well. But there's lots of branches. I'm bearing fruit. Why are you cutting my branches? Because I want you to bear even more fruit. Thank you, God. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. When you go through all kinds of trials and tribulations, because God wants you to be even more fruitful. Some of you are not fruitful right now. If I were to ask you, who have you been discipling this year? You've got no answer for me. You've got no answer for the Lord. So God will start pruning some areas in your life. If you're wondering why the trouble's coming, just welcome it. Thank you, Lord. I deserve this. 
because you feel that I'm ready to go to the next level. Praise the name of the Lord. How many people pray like that when they get trouble? <laughs> yeah, no hands going up. I'm with you. <laughs> no, I do it now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can you feel the wind blowing in your life? Can you feel the stirring of God? I know that many of you have gone through difficulties in this season. Can I tell you something? I just want to share a quick testimony. I, I was sharing with some folks in the prayer room. It's like we had this curse with electronics. Like the devil can't touch our health. He can't touch our jobs. He can't touch all these different areas of our, our marriage, our kids. We're great. But it's these little ancillary areas that the enemy came in. The projector in my theater room broke down. I know. Oh, first world problems. This is a massive tragedy, boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen. My wife's laptop dies, and it can't, I can't start the thing up. I just shoved it in the bookshelf, got her something else. It was like one thing after another. My car breaks down. I go to, when I was dropping my daughter off, so I went to take my wife's car to drop her off. Her car breaks down. It was, this, it was almost hilarious how, how empathetic. And I, I remember praying. I said, Lord, the devil, I just, you know, it is so pathetic, devil, really. That you've got to do the, these little ridiculous things? Are you really that antsy? You've got to try to find something. Just let it go. And it continued. One night, I think it was the first night we have it, youth and young adults at our house. Did you know why you went through the garage door? Our door handle stopped working. I mean, whose door handle stops working? I found that it's, you open it the other way. Like All of a sudden, you had to open it this way to open the door. It was one thing after another. On Good Friday, I had this dream. And in this dream, it was that someone gave me a suitcase with, a, like I think it was 125 grand of cash in there, dollar bills, 125 grand. I'm thinking, that's not my money. That's your insurance return. It's for you. I said, it can't, Mr. Pardini, it can't be. Are you sure? It's yours. And then someone else gave me, like it was like a black garbage bag full of money. It's like 100 50 grand someone is giving to me. I think this, this is not mine. No, it's yours. This belongs to you. I'm thinking, wow, I can take this money. I'll pay off all my debt, pay off my mortgage, pay off my kids' school fees forever. You know, I'm going to take the rest of the money. I'm going to invest in investment properties. Gonna be most, give some money to missions. It's going to be the most fantastic thing. Praise the Lord. And then I woke up. But I felt the Lord, it was a deeper truth that the Lord said, I'm going to release you. That stuff that's been bothering you, that stuff's been holding you down, I'm going to release you from it. This is what happened. The next thing, that was the next day. I remember I just did, I thought I was just on a one project. I wonder if I can get the projector to work. So here I am getting my vacuum cleaner, sucking the thing out. It still wouldn't start up. And I thought, you know what? I bought this bulb for my projector three years ago. I'm just going to chuck it in and see if it works. It worked. I thought, thank you, Lord. I wonder if the laptop will work. I pulled a battery out. Some ants came out. Some ants are making a home there. Plug the sucker up, turn it on. It starts. I can't believe this. Put the battery. The battery works. This is amazing. I went from one job to another. Everything is getting fixed. Things that have been troubling us for a long time. We finally got the breakthrough. But some of you are still at that moment where the wind is blowing over your life and you're struggling with things. You're crying out and, 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 you, and you're thinking to yourself, what is going on? Maybe God's not with me. Something's wrong. No, maybe God is with you. That's why I sent the trouble into your life. Write this one down in your notes. What lengths does God need to go to to redirect you back to your mission? See, if you don't listen the first time, you're going to go around the journey a second time around that mountain. The people of Israel were stuck for 40 years. 
You ever have those old LPs, some of us in my age group, you know, those record, it's become like popular today. But if you scratch it, ladies and gentlemen, that needle will keep going, you know, play a song. It keeps going over and over and over. For 40 years, the people of Israel were stuck in the same song and they couldn't get out of it. I remember when I first came to this nation, some of you uh, may have heard this story, but for those that are new, I, I was looking for work. I, had, I was a, de- a graduate. I had a marketing degree. I had a job where I interned at. They offered me a job. My future is set. Then my dad passes away. So I decided to help my mom bring it back to Australia. And we hit a recession that was bad before the days of the Internet. The only jobs you can look for are in the local newspaper. And there weren't many jobs back in that day. And it was just tough. Uh, Paul Keating called it the recession we had to have. I could not get work. I tried everything. I couldn't get work. I'm too old and too inexperienced. I had these other jobs that they didn't want me for. It was tough. But I remember after one year, I, I mean, I'm praying regularly. I set my alarm like it was a job every morning. I woke up early, had my devotions, had my brekkie, made my bed, got my shower, clothed. And I began working on my resume for any jobs that would pop up. I'd make some phone calls around. I constantly, no, 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 rejection. I know how tough it is if you've been looking for work. But by midday, I'll be done, and I'd go hang out with my mates and start the day all over again the next day. One day, the Lord said to me, how long will you go around this mountain before you learn what I'm trying to teach you? I said, I, I didn't know this was, are you trying to teach me something? I didn't know this was school. What do you want me to learn? Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And the Lord said this to me, if I don't answer your prayer, am I still God? Man, is a tough word. I'd really like you to answer the prayer, Lord. <laughs> Be really good. But I dealt with this one. I told the Lord back in my second year in uni, I was an atheist. I became one, and I came back to the Lord, and I have already decided you are God over my life. Whether you answer my prayer or not, you will always be God over my life. If you never give me a job, you'll be Lord of my life. That's all he needed to hear. An hour later, I had a phone call, and I was invited for my first job. Isn't God good? Yeah, praise the Lord for that. Some of you need to just praise the Lord and just tell him, whatever it is you want to teach me, Lord, in this season, teach me because I don't want to be in this wilderness a day longer. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. What starts as a wind becomes a storm. Are you reading the signs in your life? Some of you are oblivious to it, and you're still running around trying to deal with one thing. You think that everything's okay. You're trying to la, 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 trying to ignore it, but it's getting louder and louder, and God is trying to get your attention. The Bible says in verse 5, all the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own, lowercase, God. I want to ask you, who are you crying out to in your times of trouble? Are you crying out to your Facebook friends? Are you crying out to alcohol? Are you crying out to drugs? Are you crying out to some form of self-control by cutting yourself just to have some control over your life? What are you crying out to? Because everybody is crying out in some way. It may not be literal, but you've got another way that you're crying out. Who are you crying out to in your times of trouble? And you might be like this crew. They threw the cargo to the sea. They tried everything they could to lighten the ship. They wanted to survive somehow. Some of you are doing everything you can to just try and eke out a living, to try and just survive. Can I tell you that that's not God's plan for your life? 
You're not supposed to just survive. God has designed you to thrive. You are supposed to be on this planet making a difference in this pocket of world that God has given you, so much so that people around you, particularly the unbelievers, people who don't know the Lord, are asking you, why are you doing so well? Even when trouble hits you, it seems like you don't skip a beat. You're still happy. You're still smiling. You should be more worried. I'm glad you asked that question. But, let's use but in the right way, but Jesus But Jesus changed my life. But I began to cry out to Jesus, and he began to answer my prayer. But Jesus, I have a hope. You don't have a hope. Would you like to have the hope that I have? Yes, I want that hope. Come and say this prayer with me. Here's a thought that I think we often miss. That trouble that came upon those sailors, that trouble that came upon every other guest on that ship came because of a rebellious servant of God. Jonah brought his trouble to the community around him. If you came from another church and you left in a stinky way, well, guess what? You're going to bring that same trouble to the people around you here because you haven't dealt with the issue. If you've got issues with this church, you haven't dealt with it, you're going to take the same issues to the new church. You'll be happy to start with. That's called honeymoon period. Everything's, see, I knew we'd be happier here. Yay, God. A year later, you're in the same mess that you were in in the previous churches you've left behind. God wants you to deal with the issues in your life face on so that he can deliver you from one thing to take you to the next level. He'll never throw everything at you. We've got so many issues in our, in our lives, let me tell you. But God just wants to deal with one issue in your life at a time. You don't leave your troubles behind. They follow you wherever you go. Someone needs to write that down. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? I want to ask you, church, if Jesus caught you now, will he find you sleeping on the job? Jesus tells a story of the master. He says, the master went away, but he appointed one of the servants as a a chief servant to look after the household. And how good will it be for that servant if the master returns and finds a house in good order and all the servants doing the things that their master left them to do? But how much worse will it be for that chief servant put in charge of things if the master comes back and finds he's been lazier on eating the food, bashing people around? We're not here to mess around on this planet. You have one life to live, just one life. You can't do it over again. I I look at the pictures. My my younger daughter, Talia, brought out these pictures, and I was looking through them when we were younger. And part of me thinks, you know, yeah, I'm going to lose some weight, and I'm going to look just as young as I did before. No, I'm older. I can't repeat it. I can't go backwards. How many people want to go backwards a little bit? I want to be 21 again. Not with the hang-ups, but just looking 21 again with the same energy. I do. But you can't go back. Some of you youth and young adults... Don't repeat the mistakes we made. I look around, I see these youth and young adults. They're at another level than I was. I'm a pastor's kid. They're at another level than I was in my time. They're serious about the Lord. They are inviting their friends to come to their youth nights. The youth is growing. I'm looking around here as well. You guys are doing it too. 
But I, I wonder, do we have the heart that can overcome fear? But what, what, what if they ridicule me and I tell them I'm a Christian? What if you don't? What if they die in their sins and then they find out later that you knew Jesus and you never told them? For some of you, you are the only Jesus in your friend's life. You're the only Christian they can have a real conversation with, that they don't think you're a hypocrite. You're the only real person that they can have a decent conversation with about God. But if you don't tell them, you will never have those moments. Have you fallen asleep in your rebellion to God? Running in the same spot, but getting nowhere. I want you to examine your heart just for a moment. Consider where you are right now in your journey with the Lord. Are you in the right place that you need to be in with the Lord? And I don't mean, yes, I've made my peace with Jesus. I've accepted him to my heart. I want to ask you the next step. Are you, have you been obedient to Jesus? Are you actually doing the things he told you to do? As the church of Jesus Christ, we have a mandate that Jesus gave us. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.